0: So we're going to go ahead and get started. We have um, Pastor Vince, Vince and Kathy Johnson, that will be uh, sharing with us today. I'm Kara Christofferson. I would like to take just a moment, we'll go ahead and pray, and then I'll introduce these two, and then we'll get started with our topic today. Dear Most Heavenly Father, thank and praise you so much for... um, Just getting everyone here, dear Lord, with our busy mornings, we just ask Holy Spirit, please come now, join us, be with each of us individually and collectively, Lord, as a church and a group. Lord, we just um, praise you and worship you for for your son, Jesus Christ, and um, bringing him here to earth. And dear Lord, we know that when we have uh, Christ with us, Lord, it is meant to be shared, And as moms, Lord, you know the demands that we have um, sometimes feels like every minute. But Lord, it is our desire to share your truth with others. So I just pray now for the topic and for our speakers, for our hearts and for our minds, dear Lord. May we just become really focused on you. um, And like Jennifer said, Lord, the long game that you have for us here on earth. I just pray that your truth will be shared and many more will come to know you, Lord, as a result of those of us who gather um, this morning, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, this is uh, Vince and Kathy Johnson. As many of you know, um, you probably don't ever know them apart because, as a couple, they're beautiful. Um, just testimony to a marriage couple that serves has really spent their life together um, serving Christ. I have been fortunate to be in their small group for many years, so I really got a f- up close view and in their home. Of um, their beautiful relationship. They've been married for 37 years. They have three adult children, two grandchildren. Um, they've been here at this church for a total of 26 years. And those of you that know Crew, they both were employed together, working and serving for Crew for 23 years. Kathy still currently is working for Crew. Vince uh, here does a neighborhood outreach and he's been a pastor serving for 12 years. They both um, love, obviously, God's beautiful creation, the outdoors, North Shore, hiking, and um, also kind of the fun thing of exploring small towns across the U.S. together, I think is a very sweet kind of adventurous, fun thing about them. They um, also have taken up cross country skiing just in the past couple years, right? Um, as well as they both minister together on the counseling team here at the North Church. So with that, you two, thank you so much for being here. You can go ahead.
1: Well, yes. Thank you for inviting us to come and speak on this topic of evangelism. That's, that's exciting for us, and, and it's a privilege for us. Um, I'm a little more nervous in this setting than I am standing up in front of the church, odd enough. Uh What? Outnumbered. I'm outnumbered. That's right. But Jesus is with me, and Kathy's with me, so um, Thank you for taking your role as mother seriously. Uh, that's something that, that God has given me an appreciation for with, with Kathy, being, being the mother of our, our three ch- children. And, and I want to thank you guys. There's lots of things you guys could be doing. And, and yet you are taking your call to be mothers serious enough to, to invest in this way. So thank you for that. Uh, because of the preciousness of Jesus, that's your theme. That's what you've been studying and, and glorying in, I believe. We take that. We take that, and that's a heart passion to be ambassadors to those we love the most, right? And, and so we are assuming that you guys share that with us, that, that heart passion to take the preciousness of Jesus to others. Paul has that same heart, and he expresses it in, in two different places in, in, a, in a really powerful way, I think, in Romans 9 and Romans 10. In Romans 9, he says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. God had given the Apostle Paul a heart for the lost that was so strong, right? And we see that. We see that in his letters as he describes it. And so our role as well as God's people is to live out a faithful ambassadorship. And I would just say amen to what, to what Jennifer said about the long, the long haul. So Kathy and I are going to tell some different stories as we, as we share. And, and these are stories that stretch back, you know, 37 years of marriage and even— you know, 39 years being together. We were engaged for two years. And, and so these stories stretch that whole time. And so it's, it's not like these all happened last year. Um, and Kathy shared last night, we are normally very nervous. So these stories, if we told you the full story behind these stories, there's just nervousness all the time. And everybody I talk to, that's, that seems to be the case uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly why that is. I think fear of man is big. Um, I mean, it's the preciousness of Jesus. And, and yeah, we got a passion, and yet yet there's nervousness. And, and the Holy Spirit helps us to power through that, right? So our role as God's people is to live out this ambassadorship. Uh, Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 5. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation. Uh, a person's reconciliation with God, we have that ministry to take and, and explain it to others. Um, so we're going we're gonna to discuss the two main components of living out that, that role of ambassador, our part and then God's part. We're going to share some stories, some ideas, and hopefully have some Q&A.
2: So I'm, I just want to highlight your testimony too about just your honesty about how you don't always have a heart. To share Christ with people, that is normal, too. That it ebbs and flows sometimes for us, doesn't it? But it begins with really treasuring Christ, walking with him and knowing who he is, and then stepping out in faith, even though you're afraid. So we're going to tell lots of stories, but like Vince mentioned, many times we, we, we did these things with fear, but trusting God. And that's the exciting part. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about our part and God's part. So, what is our part? And we have an outline there for you, and we're going to follow it pretty closely. Uh, what is our part in sharing with our friends and our family? And Vince and I believe the biggest part we play uh, is living the gospel before people. And what we mean by that is um, John thirteen thirty five, where it says, "By this, all people will know that you are my disciples." if you have love for one another. And so the most important context is that we are people that are loving, that we're loving our spouse, we're loving our family, we're loving our neighbors. We have hearts filled with love. And that we love people like Jesus did. And so we can ask ourselves, well, how did Jesus love people? Have you ever thought about that? Jesus did it in a one-way way. Um, one-way love, so he loved people without demanding or expecting something in return. So that's our desire that we will love our friends, our family, our children, our husbands, our neighbors, in a one-way type of love, not demanding or requiring that we be loved back. Next is to show honor. Uh, we've Vincent and I have worked hard on this one. Sometimes, honestly, it's not easy to show honor to people that are difficult to love or to honor. Romans 12, 10 says, outdo one another in showing honor. Well, what is one way to show honor to someone? You can start by asking questions. And as you ask a question, really listen, listen to understand, because that may give you a clue or an idea how to share the gospel. So be listening. With our parents, we sought to really care about what they cared about. Vince would do practical things to help around the house. He would fix their cars if they had health concerns. But we really sought to care about what they cared about. Uh, So put their needs first. Vince has an example of Justin. Uh, He has a relationship with the Moundsview Community Mobile Home over here. Justin is the manager of that. So he's going to share just current example.
1: Yeah, so for, for a couple years now, Justin, the manager at the uh, Moundsview Manufactured Home Community, so just two blocks up Program Avenue, super close. You know, people, you know, people are walking by from the park to go to McDonald's and stuff. And, and he's, he's just opened up and come to us and said, would you help us create a sense of community? And so we've, we've been working and doing a few projects. So uh, Julie and, and Josh together with Kathy and me, he, he let us help him by surveying all the 150 homes in the community to, to ask them what, what they thought of living there, how would they improve it, and, and that, was, that was a blessing, a privilege to kind of get, get into people's lives there, and one of the things related to honoring Justin is we've talked a little bit about spiritual things, and he's let me know where he stands on that, but he's, he's wide open. To us was helping him, and so I've continued the relationship by trying to just ask him about what, what seems to be meaningful to him. And he cares a lot about managing that community, so I'll ask him what managing the community is like. And I said, what's the hardest thing about it? He said, the eviction process, working through having to evict people. So we, we've talked quite a bit about that in specific cases, actually. I asked him about cats. Because his girlfriend likes to rescue cats, so there's a bunch of cats at his house. And so I'll say, hey, man, how's the, how are the cats? And he'll, he'll go into it. And so just, just a, a real, genuine relationship, I think, is super important and honors him.
2: So the next one is forgive. And for me personally, this is one that I really work hard on um, because I think our... Um, one of our greatest witnesses to the non-believing world is to be people that are forgiving. So to be quick to actually forgive someone else who's offended us and to be quick to ask for forgiveness so that there isn't a root of bitterness or resentment that is in our heart that maybe we can't even see uh, because our world is not very forgiving right now. And so let's be different. Let's be people who are free with our forgiveness. Not, not stupid, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so Colossians 3.13 says, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So model it. Model it for a watching world. Model it to your children. Ask your husband for forgiveness. Forgive him quickly. Ask your children for forgiveness. It's so hard to do. I know how hard it is. But we want to be modeling that. Okay, and then next, authenticity, Um, let your love be genuine, Romans 12, 9, and Ephesians 4, 25. So what we mean by this is, be yourself. If you have weaknesses and flaws, struggles, let your unbelieving friends and family see that you are a normal human being. Don't make excuses for your sin, if that's what it is. But if if you have a weakness or if you're struggling, it's okay to let them see you be a real person. And then, nextly, be holy. 1 Peter 4, 1 through 6 says, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same. And so, um, in the course of our sharing with friends and family, there have been opportunities where we could participate in things that maybe were questionable or sinful. And we have really chosen to choose to be uh, holy and different and saying, you know, we're not comfortable with that TV show or whatever it is. And so we want to encourage you to do the same thing without being judgmental. We know it's hard, uh, but don't be a hypocrite and. As I mentioned before, just continue to repent of your sin if there's areas that you continually struggle in. Ask the Lord for help. Ask a friend for help. Maybe get counseling if it's to that place where you just can't get victory on your own. This is a great church to have help with sins that we continue to battle. The Lord wants you to mature and grow and be holy. like he is. And just a personal example of this. So when we first moved to our neighborhood, I didn't have any friends and I was looking for friends. And at that time we had our kids in public school. And so I started making friends with the young mothers that were in the school system that our kids were in. And one of those friends, her name was Sandy. She had a son the same age as my son and we became friends. And over the course of time, she started to ask me questions about us, and she was watching our marriage. She was very, very curious about it, and there was something about us that was attractive to her, and um, she just was curious. And so I would answer questions, and what happened over time was I was able to share the gospel, of course, because that's what makes our marriage meaningful and the basis for all of it. But it was very humbling for me because I did not realize she was watching so closely. And she's just a delightful, fun person. And so um, she could be a stand-up comedian. She was so funny, but she, was re- she really cared about it. And I think some of these elements were in play that she was seeing, and I was unaware. So just um, as an encouragement for you, people are watching. Even if you aren't aware, of, they're watching, they're watching.
1: All right, let's move on to, to the second aspect of our part, and that's to actually speak it. Okay, so living it and then speaking it. Uh, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? So the idea is to trust the Holy Spirit to help us open up our mouth and, and say things uh, about the gospel, Right. About the preciousness of Jesus. Uh, number one is is perspective. So the idea is don't assume don't assume that you know where they're at, what they're thinking, what may have been in their background related to gospel input, or or maybe even hurtful things from believers, spiritual kind of abuse. Um, don't assume that you know what God is up to in their Lives as well currently. So my dad, we found out years later after, you know, sort of frantically trying to represent the gospel with my mom and dad, we found out years later that my dad had been commuting to work every day with uh, an evangelical believer that we got to know down the road.
2: When we were raising support.
1: Yeah, we were raising support. <laughs> we got connected with this guy and uh, they came, came on our ministry partner team as supporters and come to find out they've been, you know, commuting every day. I think we would have been praying, you know, for, for God to open Wayne's mouth and represent the gospel and live holy and be different, you know, for the Lord. But God God knows what he's doing. And there was a, there's a lady, I was hunting on some land up, up by Zimmerman. I was going to be kind of coming and going all season. So I thought I need, I want to let these neighbors know you know, what this, my truck, what it looks like, who I am. And so I'm talking to this lady. She seemed kind of bitter, and, and uh, she didn't like hunting. She didn't like hunters. I was kind of like, oh, wow. And, and so she found out I was a pastor, and we started talking about spiritual things a little bit, and she just said, you know, the, I hate the Old Testament. She said, why does there have to be so much blood and killing in the Old Testament? And, and I took a little opportunity to just share the connection with Jesus and Jesus being the once and for all sacrifice for our sins. And she ended up thanking me for that. Well, I, I just, you know, if, if I would have stopped when she taught, was talking about just hating the Bible and stuff, you know, assuming that she didn't care, come to find out she, she does care. Um, and so that was something that I, I, I learned a lesson there. Not to, not to assume that a person's going to respond in a certain way if I, if I do move, move on a little bit. So that was helpful. Next is ask for permission and, and transition. Uh, kind of together I, is the way I think about it is, is to just ask something as simple as, can I share what I've been learning? Or could I, could I share with you how God brought me into a relationship with himself? And we'll share some transitions in a little bit because that, that can be that can, we can get stuck there, but the idea is is honor them by asking for permission. Is kind of the normal, I think, idea there. Can I say no to you? Uh yeah, I've had it, I've had some times where people no, I'm I'm good. So, okay, then next share God, man, Christ response as best as you can. So the idea is. to to be a faithful witness. I'm going to talk about God's part next, but our part is to be faithful, to to be an ambassador, all right? And the other aspect of this is God, man, Christ response, just those, those normal elements of the gospel that God and his spirit will intersect and give a person faith in these most important elements. And so... Think about that. And then related to that is contextualize the message. What content do they need? Where might they be stuck? And, and to know that, we have to listen and observe. And so there's a, there's a book we're recommending. It's called Get Real by John Leonard and one of Stephen, Pastor Stephen's favorite evangelism books. And what he talks about is sharing An aspect of the gospel and then seeing how the person responds to that can can be telltale you know where they're at and maybe what they need to hear and so listen carefully and ask the holy spirit you know are they stuck on on god are they stuck on on sin and the fall in some way i think a lot of times people are are stuck there um do they do they not understand who christ is yes when you said, I'm going back just a little bit, God, man, Christ response, is that encapsulating the gospel? Is that what you mean by that? Well, I have it expanded on the back. So there's a, there's a little, I'm not going to go through that, but that's just there as a resource. Um, I would say those are the, the, the essential elements of the gospel, kind of the first tier elements of the gospel. So, good question. Uh, So contextualize. What do they need? Where are they stuck? Um, Listen to what your friends and family say about their understanding of the gospel and the story and have that be kind of a jumping-off point. So next, possible distractions. So when I would talk to my mom about baptism, why we were dedicating our children and not baptizing them, which is very important to talk about with her because she did believe in some way that baptism was, was actually a, a, a kind of a method of regeneration of the heart. Baptismal regeneration. You're saved through baptism. We don't believe that. And, and so I'd talk to her, but she would, she would tear up and cry. It was just so emotional to be talking with her, her middle son about something so deep. And she just, and that'd be d- distracting to me because I don't want to make her cry and so do I stop? Do I keep going? So just expect that, that there may be, God may ordain some distractions and trust the Holy Spirit to know how to move ahead. Environmental things, a person's avoidance. I remember Kathy's dad would, he'd bring up the topic of religion, and then when he was ready for the conversation to be done, he would just turn up the volume on the TV or put the newspaper up. He's very obvious, so... We knew not to continue. So
2: then we would point. stop. Yeah. And we'd wait for the next time because we knew there'd be a next time. So it just takes patience.
1: Uh, apologetic issues. You know, people, tough, tough questions that people ask. And I think as a rule, I like to give, if I know, give a first level answer. Just a brief uh, answer to their question if, if I know it. So that's honoring them that, that they act, this might be a genuine intellectual hurdle that they have, all right? So I'm believing the best, giving them a first-level answer uh, and seeing how they respond to that. If I don't know the answer, there's been lots of times people ask me questions that are, you know, philosophical. I don't, I don't think that way maybe. And, and I think the best way is to say that is a good question and I don't know how to answer that. But I'd like to look into it and get back with you, if I could. And that again, that's honoring them and and uh, kind of kind of modeling a, a humility, I think. Um, okay. And then lastly, don't stop, don't give up. This is this is Christian perseverance, steadfastness. That's so important. It's what Jesus modeled, and we want we want to do that. Um the book well i'm just going I'm just going to say this kathy's an example of some people that persevered with the gospel. There was a person that sat down to share the gospel with her in in the the college cafeteria. Kathy told her to stop. The woman continued <laughs> sharing and and that was that was important you know that she she talks about that as as difficult but important in her salvation story. Sandy, Sandy, her friend, is an example. There's a guy named Core that I shared with at the University of Minnesota, and, and he, he blew me off the first time. You know, we set an appointment. He didn't show up, and then he tells the story uh, that the second time he, he met with me and had a chance to have a gospel conversation, he, he became a believer. Um, my, my best man, I grew up with, we roomed together at college, he's not a believer, and I just continue to meet with him once in a while, not real often, and I'll, I'll bring up spiritual things, because I don't know when the Lord's gonna work in Jim's heart, and uh, you know, he's had a, had a really bad heart attack, and I said, hey, what, what do you think? You think God is, is real? Do you think he's trying to get through to you? You know, things like that, and, and so trying to, I'm trying to persevere, even though it's hard. So,
2: And then I would just add to that, um, don't stop, don't give up. There are times to be quiet and just to let the Spirit work. And like we can't tell you when to do that or how to do that, but we have definitely had times with family, with friends, with neighbors where we've decided, okay, It's just time to be quiet, and um, we might be hurting the process if we continue to press. And so I think when it comes to sharing your faith, it's more of an art than a A plus B or 1 plus 2 equals 3. I think it really requires dependence on the Holy Spirit to know when to speak, when to be quiet, when to pray, how to share. Um, So that's good. We want to be depending on God, not on ourselves, right? So... Okay, so show it. What we mean by this are, what are some creative ways or ideas that might help point them and win them to Christ? So these are things that we've tried, again, over many, many years, and sometimes with fear, but wanting to see what God would do. So one thing we did was we gave my dad the book... um, the Left Behind book. I don't know if any of you know who Jerry Jenkins is or that series, but a long time ago it was big. Vince's dad was reading it, and I still remember this. Vince said, what if we give your dad the first book? Because my dad was a big reader. He would read a book a week. And we were so nervous. And so Vince gave the book to my dad, and he said, you know, my dad is really enjoying this book. Would you be interested in reading it? It's a Christian book. And my dad sure said, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he probably said something like, yeah, you can just leave it on the table. And a few weeks later, I got up the courage to ask my dad, hey, Dad, did you have a chance to look at that book? And he said, oh, yeah, I finished it and got the second one from the library. And he read them all. Totally surprised us. And the Gospels woven in there. I don't know if we agree with everything, but the Gospels in there, and that was the goal for him to hear the gospel. He loved them. Uh, Vince has given our neighbor behind us uh, more than a carpenter. We don't know if he's read it, but we've tried. Uh, he's he's tough, our neighbor behind us. Vince and I have done Christmas coffees over the years. So has anybody know what a Christmas coffee is? Yeah, okay. So these are... Uh, It's a a gathering that you host in your home. You invite your neighbors. You go and knock on their door. You give them an invitation. You make sure that they know that there's going to be a guest speaker who will share the real meaning of Christmas. We have found these great ways to get people in our home and to get to know them. They love eating good food and mingling with other neighbors. My friend Sandy, she was one of those people that came. She actually became a Christian eventually. I don't know if I mentioned that, but she did. Uh, But some of those ladies that came to that Christmas coffee, that first one I hosted, were actually people that had been raised in the church. And I got comments that um, let me know they actually knew the truth. And so I took that as an encouragement that God was still seeking to bring them back. Uh, These same ladies. So I started a play group with um, a a group of non-believing young mothers. So I had a lot of friends from this Public school that had kids the same age as mine and they were all stay-at-home moms even though they weren't believers they really valued that and so some of us had our children at a playgroup at a church just about a mile away from our home and I asked this church if we could use their um, nursery preschool room once a week to gather as moms they amazingly said yes And so I and my non-Christian friends would go once a week, and our children would play in this room, and we would just spend time together. And it provided lots of opportunities for me to share the gospel in a very relational, um, non-threatening environment. And eventually, someone from the church came and put some flyers in our room, um, and it was for a community Bible study fellowship, which is like Bible study fellowship, and Sandy and I ended up going to that eventually. But I thought, good for them. They, um, but anyways, it was such an unusual thing for a church to do, but really, really blessed us. Uh, another idea that you could try is the story video. So I used this with a counselee. I was working with a teenage gal and uh, having some trouble really connecting with her. And been suggested I use the story video. I showed it to her. And it had a profound impact on her. I really believe she became a Christian after watching that video. She absolutely loved it. It was very creative. She a, was a very creative person. So you could try that if you have teenagers in your life, or anyone actually. I think, Vince, have you sent it to some neighbors around Easter, uh, which one? the video, the story? Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So Vince has sent it through with his phone. There's a link. Um, on our notes here on the next page. We've also invited people to the Christmas Eve service uh, or Easter, Uh, that's a great way to bring family and friends. You know the gospel will be shared and usually it's brief. And people like to go to church on those times. And then uh, lastly, Vince and I have been the hosts for the Night to Unite in our neighborhood. And I believe we're gonna really try that this summer, this August, it is very easy to do. It is not hard. You can do it. And what we have found is that our neighbors are very warm toward us now because we hosted it. And with all that's happening in our culture, in our neighborhoods, people want to know each other. And we have a very diverse neighborhood, but they all come. And and it's just it's a great way to start a relationship and to meet people uh, that live next to
1: you. Maybe I'll, I'll toss in one other idea. So. Julie, Julie Sullivan's husband Joshua, and myself have been leading a. Well, Joshua is really leading it and teaching it, the Christianity Explored course, just a, a seven-week course at the Dunn Brothers for for our church to to bring unbelievers. And so we just finished it, and so there's a there's a little handful of of people that we're following up with now, but that's another. Example of something a creative idea that you you guys could invite your friends to where where they're going to hear the gospel if they're willing to come to a course like that in discussion format but that's that's been a blessing so another another creative idea so god 's part I'm not going to say a lot about this because we we hear a lot about this at church already and and but We have to include this as the most important part because God God saves people at the end of the day. Um, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, Jesus said. Definition of successful witnessing that we used in Campus Crusade for Christ is to take the initiative in the power of the Holy Spirit to present the gospel, to speak it, and leave the results to God. Because the Father draws people. And, and uh, the Lord opened, this is Lydia's testimony. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. So we are speaking it. The Lord's job is to open a heart. To regenerate a heart, right? To give faith. Paul's, Paul's conversion, he talks about it a few times. In, in the Bible. In Galatians 1.15, Paul said that he was saved when, when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. That's all God, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, you know, were there people speaking into Paul's life? Well, it almost seems like Paul, God just, God just tackled him, right, and saved him all on his own uh, as an open field tackle. And then, so, so we, we pray. If, that, if that's true, we pray and we pray and we trust the Lord while we're speaking it. My heart's desire, Paul said, and my prayer to God for them, the Jews, is that they may be saved. Again, his heart, a passion for them. So bless every home. Is is uh, an app, a prayer app that you can put on your phones. Do do any of you have that, and are using it? Okay, handful. Uh, I would. We're we're thinking of maybe making a, a bigger deal about that here at the North Church, and and asking everyone to get it and start using it for their neighborhoods, and and then we can we can together encourage each other to be making sure we are praying for for those that we're living, that are living right around us. And the, on the app, the cool thing is it gives you their names in most cases. If, if the information that's, that they're getting get in from the public information is correct, sometimes it's not. But you get to have their names and learn the names of the people that live right on your street and around you. So I love that. And I'm just going to end this time with a, just a little caution about um, not forcing people. To say a prayer, uh, because it is possible for a person for a false conversion, right? We we probably all know people that that have at one point said, I'm a Christian, made a commitment, and yet their life doesn't bear that out. You know, there's no fruit of repentance down the road. And so we we have a part in that, in, in just being careful as as we bring a person. To, to that time of commitment and that place. We, we know what it's like to have peer pressure, to want to belong, you know. I think children growing up in a loving Christian church and home, they will naturally want to belong. They will naturally want to be named as one of the Christians, right? That's just, yeah. Every kid is, gonna, is pretty much... Except for the ones that are really strong willed and want to be different, some are like that. But a lot of them are, are, are more compliant. And so if God is gonna save someone, he's he is going to save them. We just gotta get that in our head. And so it's not up to us finally. And so we can we can have a peace and we can we can wait sometimes and, and watch, watch their lives and and not declare salvation over them um, too early. I'm just gonna kind of leave it there. We can talk more about that. There's a book, a book on the back that, that I'll refer to in a, in a minute.
2: That one's called Your Child's Profession of Faith. Well, we have, if you wanna look at it, we have it back there, but fleshes that out more when you're sharing with your children because you all wonder about that, right? How do I know if my child is really professing or not? But um, so next, uh, for me personally, I feel like sometimes the hardest part can be actually starting the conversation. And we talked about this in our um, discussion earlier. I just sometimes don't know how to get it to the gospel. I'm having a conversation and I want to transition, but I'm not sure what to say. So here are some ideas, and you might have some other ideas of how to start a gospel conversation. So here's one. Could I share with you about my faith in God? And this is where we would encourage you to have your testimony ready Always have it ready. If you haven't written it out and you would like help in that, maybe let Pam know or Vince know, and we can bring you a little tool to write your testimony out. And you want to keep it short to three to five minutes so that at any moment you could share what God has done in your life. That's powerful for somebody to hear what God has actually done in your life. Uh, The next idea is you could say, could I tell you what I'm learning about God or what I'm learning at church? I'd love to talk about where we're each at on our journey with God, especially if you have a friend who's religious or has grown up in the church. I'm in a Bible study with other moms or friends at church or at school. Could I tell you about it? I've never heard what you believe about God. I'd really like to hear about that. I'd like to give you this track or book, and if you're interested, I'd like to hear what you think, and and maybe we could discuss it. You could come over for coffee. I I think this is a really easy one. Um, Did you grow up in church? Do you have a spiritual interest? I'd love to hear about that, your experience. Could I share one Bible verse with you? Romans 6.23, and that is Vince had these made a number of years ago that's just this right here it's very easy to use very simple you can even draw it on a napkin use one verse to share the gospel and uh, the last one is if you were to die tonight how sure would you be that you'd go to heaven if God asked you why he should let you into heaven what would you say
1: Yeah, and you guys probably have, have tons of, of kind of nuanced questions and things that, that maybe you've used or you've heard work. I, would, I think you should share those with each other. Um, I remember the guy that when I went to a Christian meeting my sophomore year of college uh, before I became a Christian, a guy, a guy just asked me, can I, could we get together and I can tell you more about, about what we do in this organization? That was his, his transition to me. And then when we got together, he said, can I share this booklet with you? <laughs> and that's when I really first heard, you know, why Jesus died on the cross. I just never, never understood it, never had it explained in, a, in a, just a concise, a logical way. And that, that was super helpful for me. So again, I included this just for your reference about God, man. Christ response as, as the things you will want to work through with the person and, and try to help them understand. I like tools that already include this, right? So it keeps us on track. When, you know, that, that first picture that we had up there with our moms, we invited our moms to, to uh, do... Christ, to go through a Bible study with us Christianity Explained is that one and, and I like it because it, it basically goes through these, these major components of the gospel
2: and I'll just say that was a very scary thing for us to do with our moms even though they are two of the sweetest people you would ever meet but we asked them if they would like to have lunch and then dessert and do a Bible study and they love dessert and <laughs> We had a great time together. It was so good. Yeah.
1: So here's some, just some tools that, that we wrote down that we like. Some of these, you can, you can uh, ask, about, ask about them later. Uh, I'll just mention Knowing God Personally is a, is a crew booklet that, that we kind of use, and I like. like. God used it big in my life. Um, I think sometimes it can it can it can be used in a way that maybe violates some of the things we've talked about. Um, so I do think we listen to the spirit and have care. The bridge diagram, we have those. You guys can take as many of the bridge diagram uh, cards that you want. Um, inviting people to church or to some other body events can be very helpful, where the gospel is already explained, like our services. or or sending them a link to one of our services. I've done that before. Or moms. moms. Yeah. They'll learn how to share their faith. So (laughs) that could be a little awkward. But uh, Christianity Explained, there's the author of that. I really like that. The story, there's a link for the story there. Uh, Bless Every Home, Prayer app. the Bible. Just would you like to read the Bible with me? Um, suggested readings, just a few books that we like. We have them on the table back there. You can take a look at them. Um, Get Real by John Leonard is, is a great book, I think. Your Child's Profession of Faith, that's, that's, that helped me learn a little bit more about uh, false conversions and, and just being careful. Um, the Gospel Comes with a House Key. We've had Rosaria Butterfield here to speak on sort of her, her neighborhood Uh, method of opening up home, and so that's very, very powerful, provocative. So if we have a little time, we'd be glad to answer some questions if people have them. I
3: think you probably know the answer to this, but in your experience with unbelievers, if I were to put people in two categories of like heady or hearty, like emotional or intellectual, um, like, yeah. you know a person well enough to know that they're really hung up on maybe some of the heady stuff, mm-hmm. or maybe they're really hung up on some of the hardy stuff. Like, do you think that it's better to meet them with heady tactics if they're a heady person, or to be the opposite? Like, they're really heady, so let's... Does that make sense? Like, yeah. offer... Like a more emotional side of the gospel to somebody who's heady, or stick with the, like C.S. Lewis heady hmm. hmm. stuff, or is that too in there? You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just like ask the Lord and give us a foot.
1: well, right, and I I might even depending on your relationship with that person. I mean, I might even just say honestly, the things of God include both, right? I mean, the things of God are incredibly complex. And God is the God of science and philosophy and history. And so God's not afraid of these questions and these deep things. And Jesus is precious. His mercy is unending. And I think you want that. You know, and so, yeah, I will talk about both with the person. I think I've, in my apologetics training, the, more recently, it is more trying to ask questions that ferret out what is most meaningful to this person and to lean in that direction to honor them by speaking to them in that area or context of what they care most about but showing them that if they're trusting in whatever that is that that will not end well for them so you do need to show them that with the truth of the gospel I mean, there is this, this most important story of God saving unbelievers through Jesus and sin. You don't want to miss that, but it can be in the context of answering that. So,
2: I would, ask, I would ask them. I have a couple of things I think you might be interested in. I was thinking about this or this. Do either of those interest you? Because, like Vince mentioned, sometimes we don't know. What could be a head thing might be a smokescreen for a deeper heart thing. We just don't know.
1: Good question. Yeah. I was curious about that Christmas shopping thing. What kind of,
3: I mean, did you say it's more of a servicing opportunity or more like the way you put the door? Just overall, what would you say from um, your experience in doing that? That's not in something.
1: Yeah, I I think it can be both. Like this this couple that lives behind us where he's just super hard engineer, kind of cynical. They came to one of those. And so it did they did hear the gospel in a way that he was just never willing to really converse with me about it. I would say it it, it does a lot. It can do a lot of things. God can do a lot of things through a Christmas gathering or a Christmas tea. It, it you come out of the closet as believers for all these neighbors that you're inviting, you kind of come out of the closet. So it does that. Can
3: you just kind of outline what a Christmas gathering
1: Yeah, so it's usually about two hours long. It's sort of, sort of like a, a Christmas social at your house where you get someone to help you with, with coffee and tea and cook Christmas cookies and stuff like that. We usually did it a couple weeks. Three, two or three weeks before Christmas on a weekday night, and they come and, and you just you have cookies and coffee and mingle for a while, and then you gather people and what what the way kind of the classic form you go around and, and share your favorite Christmas traditions and then you introduce your friend who's usually not from that neighborhood so that they can they can be mad at them later <laughs> and and you you can have you know more uh, personal conversations where they're not, you know, it wasn't you that said it, even though you believe it. And uh, that person talks for maybe 10 minutes about the true meaning of Christmas. And then we would do comment cards and say, we'd love to get feedback, what you thought of this time together and what you're thinking, which is kind of a crew crew technique. You never want to miss, miss a time without getting the feedback. So you can, so you can follow them up, right? Um, yeah, and that that's kinda it. And then you just keep you keep uh you know, you might say, I'm planning to do a, a six week Bible study called Christianity Explains starting in two weeks. Um, please write on your card if you're interested in being a part of that Bible study. Uh, I'll get back with I'll get back with everybody or something like that.
2: There's an actual book that takes you step by step. We just haven't done the trainings here in a long time.
1: Yeah, you could look up uh, I think it's still there, Christ- Christmas Gatherings International.
3: And you tell your guests ahead of time that you're
1: going gonna- right. Yep, right on, our, right on our invitation that we knock on their door and hand it to them and we verbalize it, um, you know, we're gonna, somebody's going to share the true meaning of Christmas.
2: So if they don't like that, they don't have to come.
3: Yeah. Of so, like summer soccer, we're on the sidelines with moms yeah. two to three nights a week, two hours each. And so I have all this time to talk. I'll confess I don't get around to so the gospel, I just share my like, values and life and ask questions. So the season ends, and I'm always like, mm-hmm. you now what? Like, I, I can't pursue everyone. Right. So how do I know like, like prayer? I, um, I don't know. Do you have it?
2: I think there are seasons, and you're right. We can't we can't minister to everybody. Uh, when I was a young mom, I, I it was so easy for me to have friends with non Christians. I don't have as much opportunity for that. In recent years, our focus has been more on family there's been health crisis, just things that we've actually needed to spend time in the hospitals. Uh, so, But like Vince's friend, Jim, years and years and years, they've been friends since high school.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, we didn't really do this, but I like the idea of if there is a, a couple from that baseball team experience, that you clicked a little bit with, just inv- invite them over for dinner. Hey, we'd like to get to know you guys a little better. We had, we, you know, we were together for three months, and and uh, invite them over for dinner. Might might be a winsome thing.
2: One thing that Vince and I have started to think about that we we that get real book just kind of challenged us a little bit. We never want to give up on anybody. That's our personality. But he challenged us to keep looking for people that are seeking, and so that's where. It, just if you bring up the gospel or you bring up spiritual things and you don't sense there's an interest, just ask the Lord, show me who's really seeking. We know there are people out there. We haven't met people in a long while who really seem interested. It's been discouraging, but uh, we don't want to give up. So I would would pray and I would ask your husband um, and just see if somebody seems interested. So...
1: Yeah, I like that casting a, a broader net and see, seeing kind of a filter and see who's interested. I mean, Christmas gatherings kind of work like that. Yeah, you're get, you're gonna get people that are, are that want to lean into relationships on your street a little more, or people that are actually spiritually interested, or you'll get some of the the actual Christians that'll come to it. So.
2: That one Christmas gathering we had where I had all my non-Christian friends come, one comment card said, thanks, Kathy, for caring about my salvation. She didn't put her name down. I'm like, okay. But then there was Sandy, and Sandy became a Christian. So, Julie? Yeah, so I have a
3: question on, like, let's say, You're really trying to hook them up with a good solid church, yeah. Or you know, because then it really it's a lot of work for them to like. Yeah. They don't really know what what to look for, and like in a church, you know, they might just be like, "Hey, I have a church down the street, like might be a good solid Bible teaching." Church. Mm-hmm. So like, do you have any suggestions on like where you can go for that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think if so for them to understand what a good church is, they'd have to experience it. And maybe, like, you could bring them here if you think this is a good church. And then, you know, talk about why you like this church so that they experience it, right? Or you could visit a church with them that's closer to their house. Say, hey, could I, let's go together and check it out. Liz. The gospel as a church director. safe, Liz. I know. Them. But I, I do think they have to register, at least gives you kind of a starting point to go to a webpage and look at what they believe. Yep. Yeah, I've used that for people that have asked.
2: I have a cousin who recently became a believer. This is a really cool story, but I don't have time for it. And she was looking for a church, and I put her in touch with some Campus Crusade staff that live right in her same town.
1: We want to pray for you guys so you can go get the kids. So let's, let's pray. Lord, pray that you would capture these, these moms' hearts and, and Kathy and my heart with the preciousness of Jesus. Oh, Lord, would we, would we be compelled to tell others because we love you so much. And we, you're everything to us. So capture our hearts and give us, give us the heart of the Apostle Paul that has, has anguish in our hearts for, for the lostness of our neighbors and our family.
2: And Lord, please lead us and help us to step out in faith and just try something. Give us courage and please be gracious to save our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen.